Hi, and thank you for tuning into the Bacon Warrior Podcast. On today's episode, we talked about a lot, honestly. Um, it's a shorter pod. Um, I bring that up, but uh, here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not listening to assholes and polos tell me about how this year's iPhones are really different, I'm Spartan Dog 97. Guys, new iPhone alert. Sweet, right when I'm ready to upgrade. Perfect timing. Yep, I'm excited to spend thousand dollars on something I just absolutely don't need, just so <laughs> I can have 5G. I'll tell you what, I love that they went back to like the squared, the squared design. Like that, the iPhone 5 was probably my favorite looking iPhone of of any of them. I like the look. I I never, I haven't had a square iPhone. My first iPhone was. The six, pro, the big one, the six plus. So it'll. This looks pretty sweet. I mean, I'm sure I'll get it. Yeah, especially with five G. That's really the only reason I'm going to get it. Well, there's no five G near. I was telling Spartan Dog before we did the pod. The five G starts like thirty miles north of me. Oh. <laughs> it's everyone around me, but this there's none in Kalamazoo or anything. So. I mean, I'm still going to get one, but that kind of stinks. But hopefully Verizon right. turns it all on soon. Okay, here's the deal. Um, we're recording on Tuesday. The Bachelorette starts tonight. So we're just this is going to be a quick in and out, state of the, state of the pod, state of the program kind of thing. And then I'm going to get out, throw this together, get it up so I can watch the most dramatic season ever, I'm sure. That's good. Uh, so – Guys, uh, first things first, let's uh, let's pay a little homage to our uh, to our one and only sponsor, Manscaped. Uh, the Bacon Wire Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Uh, Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Uh, everyone's had those experiences where, you know, you just, you're shaving down there, you cut yourself, it hurts like a bitch. I didn't shave for a long time because I was so scared of cutting myself and there's really no reason for me to shave. But, you know, I'm talking to, I'm talking to a female, uh, you know, it's, it's going all right. So, you know, now that I need to, you know, kind of, kind of, uh, tame the jungle down there, uh, I have manscaped to do that. You know, uh, the Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they just got better with the new Lawnmower 3.0. You know the deal. Skin-safe technology. Make sure you don't nick anything. Ceramic blades. Uh, super quiet. It's waterproof. You can take it into the shower with you. Uh, you guys know the deal. We've been talking about Manscaped for ever, ever since they agreed to send us perfect packages to do their ad reads. So, you know, I'm not biased when I say like the most comfortable shaving experience I've ever had was with the lawnmower 3.0. Yeah. I used, mine, I used mine and it was like, you just have to get over the fear of the previous trimming experiences down there. And it's, it's a great, it's a great product. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. And I'm not you, saying that just because they gave me one for free. I love it. Like it's, it's worth the money. 
the perfect package is an incredible deal. You get this great anti-chafing lotion. You know, it's good if you if you're a big boy and you know you got some thunder thighs. <laughs> you get a little chafing down there. That's great. You get some pH balancing uh, crop reviver. You know, kind of make sure get rid get rid of some of that natural stank. And then, uh, you know, you get a, you get like the most comfortable pair of boxers I own are the Manscaped branded boxers. They're incredible. Yeah. They're off the hook. So go to manscaped.com, use promo code BACON, get 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, promo code BACON, 20% off and free shipping. All right. So we have a game time, gentlemen. October 24th, noon. The Big, Ten, the Big Ten Network, the Mel Tucker era begins against Rutgers. Why wasn't this a primetime game? This is That's like, what I was wondering. <laughs> this is the, the matchup the of the Big weekend. Ten. Right. I mean, honestly, it's going to be one of the more possibly competitive games. Yeah. And I, I got the email from 6 a.m. on ESPN 5 or something. But. <laughs> ESPN, the Ocho. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I even got the email from President Stanley today saying, hey, don't even think about tailgating on campus. Don't even think about having these watch parties at your houses off campus. So, yeah, okay, I'm sure buddy. the ELP, yeah. I'm sure Pace will be out there. Yep. It's like, it's shit like that, that like, not only are you an epidemiologist, but you're also like been in higher education your entire professional career. And to be like, hey, college kids, don't be college kids. You know, just take a decent. Yeah. Yeah. You've been inside for seven months. Don't, I mean, you've wanted this sport to return. You've wanted a new coach. Don't get excited. Don't party. Good luck. Yeah. Them, yeah. Hey, guys, you know, it's that email reminded me a lot of the stuff I said when I was subbing because it's like I had no real power over the classroom, right? Like I could leave kids names, but like that was the extent, right? So like, do you think cops are really going to give a fuck enough to to break up parties when there are all those minorities just like existing? Like what what do you think the cops are going to prioritize? The white the mostly white frat partying or like the black guy jaywalking? Everything we know about cops what are they going to do? You know, it's so fucking ridiculous. So we'll, you know, whatever. Newt, are you guys surprised that Michigan, Minnesota got the primetime ABC slot, the Saturday night football slot? It's probably, that's probably going to be where game day is going to be, right? I think it is. And my answer is both yes and no. I thought, I mean, that, I, I do think that's the best matchup it's week one in the Big true. Ten. But I thought potentially what the Big Ten was going to do is stick up the, the second middle finger to Nebraska and have Ohio State versus Nebraska be the primetime game just so the whole country can see what that slaughter is going to look like. I don't think that's the Big Ten's <laughs> call. I think, I think how – I don't know how – I think game times are kind of assigned by the networks. So it's, again, this is the person I would like to have on in the athletic department is like someone who works with like the TV networks. 
Mm. So we gotta, we gotta like talk to our, we gotta talk to our guys and I want to talk to them because I want to figure out how this works. You know what I mean? Cause it seems right. like, it seems like the networks go to the schools and say, we want to put this on at, we want this to be the seven o'clock ESPN game, or we want this to be like the big noon kickoff game. You know, like I would be really interested to see how the conference and the networks decide which game goes where. I'm sure calls were made. Yeah, it's like what the guarantees look like. Like, does it does a school get a, like a guaranteed amount of night games? Like, you know, I'm I'm very interested because back when like U of M, you know, we don't do night games here in Ann Arbor. Rebel, rebel, rebel. rebel. <laughs> you know, I'm really interested to like see how that changed the changed the pers- You know, kind of changed how how they did stuff. Uh, so across other college football news, uh, Florida who lost to Texas A&M over the weekend and Dan Mullen was like, uh, we need a full stadium. The government is going to allow it. Uh, you know, we need, we need a full stadium. It's a competitive advantage in the SEC. It's going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen. Do a full stadium. And then they paused workouts because the number of COVID positive tests were rising. Five, five new cases. Yeah. So like I, I talk about this in relation to the NFL, right. And you know how like the, they keep delaying Titans games and you know, like they keep delaying these teams that have outbreaks and they keep sh- reshuffling the deck chairs and it to me, it's like if COVID was such a was such a concern, right? Like if you thought like, you know, COVID's no big deal, we'll be able to handle it. Let's play football, right? And then like every time there's a positive case, you're in full panic mode. Like, why are you even playing? Do you, do you guys know what I mean? Like, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Because it seems ridiculous to me that they're like, fuck COVID, we're going to play, we don't give a fuck. And then they're like, there's, a, there's three positive cases and then like, they have to shut everything down. Like, it's like a skin-eating bacteria. So, like, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that. I mean, I see I, – like, in terms of the NFL, um, I – think that they're just trying they – they came into the season with no plan. I think that's just the cold, hard facts. I mean, they've had since March, really April, to come up with some type of contingency plan. And Roger Goodell and the arrogance of the NFL owners got in their way. So they're just kind of making stuff up as they move along on the fly. Um, so I think that's kind of why you see, like, Tennessee, you have three positive cases one week, then it multiplies into nine, and then whatever it was at um, later in the week. But I, you know, that's a really good question. But I just think ultimately, you have to look at. I, I hate to even bring up like the death rate percentage, but you have to just weigh like your multi-billion-dollar or, uh, company and organization. Like, I think that's just going to trump anything. Yeah, I don't. I'm surprised they're shutting down. I figured Dan Mullen would. I know you're not supposed to hide you know, whether you get positive tests or not. But I figured with his comments, you know, saying I want 90,000, you know, there were 50,000 people behind us on Saturday. And 
I'm sure he's so pissed off and behind the scenes, and I'm sure he's I'm sure he's pissed off that his players got COVID more than anything. He it's he seems like that kind of guy, and I might be putting words in his mouth, but I mean he kept doubling down his comments, so he's still he's probably still going. Okay, we need to play this game on Saturday just because I want a full stadium, and the dipshit governor is probably calling, going, "All right, yeah, go ahead, do it." Oh, it is, he, it is, yeah, oh yeah, he's probably going to show up to the game. What was that, Brett? Yeah, he, no, I mean, the governor, DeSantis, he's probably going to show up to the game, do the coin flip, maybe even <laughs> try to get in for a play. I mean, that guy, he's uh, he, he The governor wants Disney World to go back to full capacity, and they're like, uh, no, we're good, even though, like, getting money from them would help with Disneyland, you know. And I, I just don't understand the logic behind them fully opening. But, you know, at the same same the other side of the coin, we're going to have to live with this virus eventually. It's going to be like, you know how we joked, it's just a flu, blah, blah, blah. It is going to be another thing that people get, and it's going to be another thing that people have been dying from, and it's horrific how we've handled it, but it was going to be here no matter what. And they, they're just going to value money over lives, so they're going to try to quarantine these kids and whoever was close to them and play this game. I would be stunned if Florida moved this game. I really would. I think at the end of the day, um, you know, we're not, we, America has been kind of consistently like in this situation since the beginning. Um, Some states like ours have been handling it better than others. Thank you, Big Gretch. Um, But, you know, kind of on a nationwide scale, you know, the, there was, there were states that were never really on the same page. I mean, Texas opened back up like the first week of May. <laughs> so, yeah. like this, just there was without again beating a dead horse here. Without strong central leadership, this was always destined to be a shit show. And you know, there's it's we're not the only place that that is having like this resurgence. It's happening all over the world. And, you know, I listened to this soccer podcast where the um, hosts are live in Berlin. They're, they're English. They're, they're from England, but they, they both live in Berlin and they're like, yeah, we had like eight new cases today. So we're probably going to shut down soon. And it's like the severity in which we've treated COVID versus like other nations around the world have treated COVID is like this really stark kind of thing. And like, I don't know, I don't know if a vaccine is going to fix this. You know, I think, I think like, that's what, that's what like these fucking assholes who have like never shut down and who just want to like work people to the bone and don't give them what they deserve from their labor. I'm getting very political here. Um, you're going to figure out what you're going to figure out which way I lean. If you haven't already, uh, you know, this fucking system where we just like work people until they're no longer useful and then just leave them out on the street to starve. And COVID was going to be no different, you know, 40 million people lost their jobs and the top 1% added hundreds of billions of dollars under their wealth in the same six month period. So like 
America was never going to succeed at handling COVID. It just, it just never was. So like now, now we have to ask ourselves as we enter into the second wave that we've been warned about for months, like what we do about it, because getting, getting some States to shut down is going to be a near impossibility. I mean, unless it's going to have to get, it's going to have to get New York city levels of bad in their States in order for them to, in order for them to even consider shutting back down. Um, other states like Michigan, I think, I think the government's going to have an easier time backtracking, although with, although with what happened in the Supreme Court ruling with Governor Whitmer's executive orders, maybe that becomes a little more difficult. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a very fucked up situation we're in right now, fellas. And I don't know where, I don't know where the bright side is. Like it feels, it feels kind of weird again. Like it's been feeling weird, but it's just like, it's just weird to be like, yeah, like we're going to play football. Oh, and by the way, like we're having like 20,000 cases a day, like in America. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I know that was kind of like rambling nonsense. My brain's a little bit fried right now, but you know, somebody else talk. (laughs) I mean, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Like, I mean, you kind of have to weigh your morals of wanting to do the right thing as well as being selfish and wanting football. And I mean, that it is a little weird waking up on Saturday morning. And I mean, you'll, you'll jump on Twitter, you'll jump on some type of website and you'll see like, what's going on in the world, then you turn on ESPN, you have Lee Corso talking about he's throwing on all these headgears of the wrong teams because he's got dementia and you're just like... Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted. I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about this. (laughs) This is a very SD97 heavy episode like most of them are. But, like, Lucas, have you watched game day this year? Have you watched game... Have you, like, watched any game day at all? Okay. Mm, Oh, wait, wait, wait. I maybe watched a little bit, but I don't think I saw Lee Corso. Okay, so Corso's not traveling with them. Um, right. Uh, Desmond, uh, Desmond, Reese Davis, Pollock, and Herb Street, they're still going to the campuses. Because he's more at risk. Right. But they have Corso from Orlando, and they have him do, like, these pre-recorded bits. Mm-hmm. And they're, the other game day guys are treating Corso like Leia in episode nine. Like, does that make sense to you? Like, they're just like, like, they just kind of like, <laughs> like, he'll say something and then like, they like, won't like, there's no back and forth between right. Corso and the other guys. Yeah. Like last weekend, um, they were at uh, Clemson for Clemson, Miami. And in Corso's first pre-tape segment, he was talking about like Clemson Notre Dame, like a game that doesn't happen for like another month and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like November seventh. <laughs> he, he picked Notre Dame. Yeah, he was like, "I want Notre Dame's gonna win this week," and they were like, uh, oh. "That's not the game we're talking about right now." Man, they can't like, do that to him. If like I don't know if you guys like, I mean, I've had a relative and we loved her to death, but she had like similar symptoms and she would hmm. do weird things. She'd put like her she would just do weird things and like she was like the funniest nicest lady her whole life so that's why like 
nobody really said anything and just kind of mm-hmm. let it like go on. So I think it, maybe it's like that. Like you just like, you just leave. Like my, uh, my great grandmother had Alzheimer's and uh, like she, it was this weird, like she sometimes it was like this weird, like Benjamin button thing where she would like revert back to like childhood. So like, I remember that like we were going somewhere and like my grandma left my great grandma like at her house, like she didn't take her. And she was like really pissed off. So she like, so she like started, so she like, she was like gonna like run away. Like, like she packed a suitcase, Hmm. like opened her piggy bank and counted her money. Like she was gonna go run away to live with my grandma's, (laughs) to go live with my grandma's brothers. Like, like she was a child. Like I'm gonna, like I'm leaving. Like I'm running away. Like she was gonna run away. Like that was pretty funny. But like, yeah, like it's it's very weird how they're treating Corso. And I wouldn't be surprised if this was his last season on Game Day. I just don't know who you replace him with. You got to get like it's McAfee. I, I mean, that's who they're replacing him with is Pat McAfee. That's that's that's. It's very clear that that's who they want to replace. It's not going to be exactly yeah. the same, but it's very clear that McAfee brings that kind of energy, and then right. that's who they're. That's who they want. That's who ESPN. That's who the other guys want to replace. Like, Pat McAfee. You're you're not going to replace Lee Corso. Like you're not going to get an exact replica of him. So like, someone like McAfee would be perfect to bring the younger people back into watching. I know a shit ton of people our age and your guys' age watched ESPN still, but, you know, McAfee's a lot of energy. He's, he's, he's fun. He's funny. It would, it would be a nice transition to pass the torch because after a while seeing Lee Corso go through that, you laugh at first, but then you're just like, you kind of cringe and you're like, man, just let the guy be like record one segment with him, like a headgear segment, like give him the picks that you're going to do like a week or, you know, uh, the week of the games and have him record something so that way you don't have, like, the delay or, or anything to deal with. And that might that might handle it a little bit better. But it, it just – yeah, it sounds like late in episode nine, and it's it's sad the way he's going out. Like, it's – it's it, I thought – at first I thought of Jimmy Johnson, but he's only not with them just because he is older. It's not like he's in a bad shape or anything. It's – it's sad to see Lee Corso go through this. I, I, I hope eventually they kind of look at it and, and pivot on him. Like not, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm going to shut up. No, like, yeah, they, I, I just, it's kind of a microcosm of everything going on. Right. Like, you know, this is wrong, but I want my football. So I'll just kind of deal with it. And you, just, <laughs> I don't know. It's like watching a crash. You, you don't want to look, but you're going to look. Yeah. And they're going to, it's going to be like Lenny from a mice and men at the end of the year. <laughs> Oh man, that's that's brutal. That, I don't like it's that. it's sad, but you know it's not going to make me think any differently of him. Right, he's a legend. He's he's an absolute legend. Mm-hmm. No, I I just think he deserves a. I just think he deserves like a better, like a better. I think he deserves better treatment than like what what's being given to him. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like he just needs to be like, um. You know, not have us talking about this, right? Like he just <laughs> needs to be like sent. He just needs to, you know, kind of have 
Um, I my brain is, is Kobe. So is Kobe? Is, like, he needs like his Kobe. Uh, yeah, he need. Tour. Yeah, he needs a farewell tour. Like, like he kind of sucks that it seems like he's going this way for a while. You know, like yeah. he's been in. He was in less and less of the shows when they were on campus and they were all together. Um, you know, it there. I think last season there were there were weeks where he literally only did the picks. Um, like they should give him try to find a game at the end of the year where or the national championship game. Like try to get him there, and I know it's you know with all the COVID it's going to be rough, but like try to get him to one final game and like have it be advertised like Lee Corso's final live game, you know, live game day, like give him one epic game day to go out on, like make it on the biggest stage and give him that opportunity to say goodbye the way he was, because I'd watch that episode, you know, millions and millions of people watch that. I think, I think the Rose bowl is the, is probably the best way to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows if, you know, what, what the fall looks like and how that affects bowl season. Who the fuck knows? I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I can't, I can't look into the future and tell you that, but I just know, I just know that, you know, Lee, Lee Corso, like he, he's probably not much longer on game day anyway. So he deserves kind of this, he deserves, he deserves his farewell tour. You're right, Lucas. That was the perfect way of putting it. You know, he needs his, you know, he needs a farewell tour. He just needs to go to all the campuses, the campuses they visited most. Right. Like that's just, that's where he's at. You know, that'd be, that'd be perfect. Like if next season, Everything goes back to normal. Everything, you know, at normal, whatever normal looks like in 2021, you know, whatever. Yeah, make it like a greatest hits college game day year. Right. Bring them to Happy Valley. Bring them to Tuscaloosa. Bring them to Columbus. You know, all those places where he's had these memorable performances in the past and just send them off right. You know, that's, you know, Lee, you know, Lee Corso, you know, he probably, you know, he's like 84. You know, he's a stroke survivor. He doesn't want to be doing – he probably doesn't no. want to be doing this much longer anyway. So just kind of give him give him the farewell tour. Um, and that we do love him like Kobe. Yeah. There won't be a Draymond Green. They don't love you like Kobe. We love Lee Corso. Yeah, we love – you know, Lee Corso changed – he changed He changed college football. He changed the landscape of college football. I mean, he really did. You know, not from a coaching standpoint. He was kind of a shitty coach, but – you know, just like the way the way people talk about college football, you know, he the sayings. You know, like I, I, my my dad and I still say "not so fast, my friend" to each other. You know, it's all it's, <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things where like he's had such an outsized impact from like the commentator position on the sport of college football, and it's just kind of it's kind of sad to see him kind of go out like this. Yeah, like I remember one of my favorite memories, I'm trying to look it up, but um, one of the years that MSU was pretty baller under D'Antonio, they were here. I, I forget, they might was, it the, was it the um, was it the Little Giants game? Because I went to that game day. Yeah, yeah, I was at that game too. Um, and he picked, I, 
he picked MSU in the headgear. That was that was so cool to see him wear the Sparty head. Yeah, that was was that the yeah that was no Little Giants wait, was Notre Dame. Wait, wait uh, was it Rocket? It might I have been Rocket. He was there for Rocket. Yeah, I remember. I remember Mateen Cleves was the guest picker. Mm-hmm. And I think Corso picked Wisconsin. Oh shit! I remember that. Let me. They see. were at East Lansing. I think it was twenty. I yep. was. I was in. I was in ninth grade, so it would have been twenty eleven. They were there. Yep. It would have been Rocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. It doesn't show who all picked what, but I'm looking at the sites. And uh, yeah, it was it was Rocket, and then they didn't come back to him. I don't think they they were well, here. They were, for, the, they were here for Oregon game in the Rose Bowl, and then they came they came for Oregon. Yep, they were there. Yeah, I'm I'm sure one of those times he picked MSU. Maybe not. Maybe he wore the duck helmet for Oregon. Who knows? He loved that, picking. Uh, he loved picking that duck. That's <laughs> anytime they were at an Oregon game, it seemed like he picked Oregon. <laughs> It, it's it's just sad to see him like this. Yeah, we we just need a Lee, Lee Corso farewell season and wave goodbye, give him like a one-hour, two-hour special, like a reflection, and then move on to the next stage of college game day. Because yeah. I'm starting to watch um, Fox's pregame a lot more. Yeah, that hey, Travis? No. Clay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a huge Clay Travis fan. <laughs> the Corona Bros are all watching Clay. Him and I would love. <laughs> I would love to have a conversation with Clay Travis. I think he might. Ooh. Like I think he might leave the, a conversation with me in catatonic shock. Like he wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> like he. We've seen we've seen a glimpse of that. You dropped kind of like the Moab on on Lucy, but I think God, uh, maybe more of a H bomb on Mr. Travis. It would be like when Ben Shapiro yells at college students about gender, but in this situation, I would be Ben Shapiro. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, if you're listening, Lee Corso, we love you. Yeah. Lee, if you happen to listen to uh, Niche MSU Ship Posting Podcasts, uh, we love you, man. All right. He randomly says... I was listening to the Bacon Wire podcast. <laughs> I, I would, I would shit myself. <laughs> okay, sorry. Moving on. All right. So, all right. Uh, let me see. Let me see. I'm trying to. Um, somebody, I, somebody. What are you guys? What are you guys up to this weekend? I'm trying to. I'm trying to do something. So, breaking uh, breaking news. Um, I've looked and I've seen a lot of verified accounts. It looks like Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire have signed on for Spider Man Three. What? I it, it grain of salt, but I I saw one account. Tweeted. Are you looking? Are you looking at any cool news? No, no. I I searched it, and it's there's a couple verified accounts confirming it. Like it's a rumor, but a couple places have said he signed on. At least Andrew Garfield, and I think Toby McGuire's coming up right behind him. Okay, I see. I see this thing from Phantom Wire. Well, well, there was two. There's two or three verified accounts confirming. Or wait, who does this guy work for? Uh, it's this apparently a source um, within Sony said that both Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield have signed on to reprise their roles as Spider-Man. 
I think it's going to happen, even if it's not confirmed, you know, today or tomorrow. That's crazy. That's fucking awesome. Um, sorry, I just had to bring that up since we talked Spider-Man, you know, last week or whatever. No, I uh, I listened to the Watch podcast, and it was funny they were talking about this when uh, when it was confirmed that Doctor Strange was going to be in, and it's like I can't believe they got Tobey Maguire out of whatever underground card game he was in. <laughs> hey, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, like he's just been grinding out hands for the last ten years. Like he pulls up his iPhone five, and he's like, "Corona, what?" <laughs> like he doesn't even know what's going on. What's been going on? Yeah. Like just gets like, a text from Sony or from like Marvel. Want to do one more Spider-Man? Everyone's people okay. started. People started coming into the games with like masks on. He goes, "What the fuck are you wearing that for?" Like he's just. <laughs> it's like, oh boy! His like ass has holes. Like his butt cheeks have holes in it just from like the rash of like sitting in a ch- sitting in a <laughs> poker chair for ten years. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh. All right. So, three minutes of Lions talk starts now. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, like, I don't know if we should draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields because we'll just ruin him. And it's like this twitchy-eyed, like, conspiracy, like, eight eight D shoots and ladders bullshit of like what the Lions should or shouldn't do in the draft is, like, really tiring. Yeah. Like, if the only way that the Lions are truly going to get better is if Martha Ford or the Ford family sells the team, then you should go be a fan of another team because that's never going to fucking happen. A family who's, who doesn't have any controlling interest in Ford Motor Company they don't even have that side of the family doesn't even have a seat on the fucking board. Okay. So if you're going to tell me that the only way the lines are going to get better is if the Fords sell their only appreciating asset that that side of the Ford family owns, then you got to go be a fan of another team, man, because it's just not going to happen. And don't have anything to add. You know, there are teams who have fallen ass backwards into success. And we've talked about this before. Like the Browns are four and one this four and one this year, and they're in third place in the AFC North. Can you imagine how frustrating that is for Browns fans? Like, can you imagine being a Browns fan? You're like four and one for like the first time since like blah 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 nineteen whatever. Nineteen ninety four. Yeah. Yeah, and you're and you're still in third place. <laughs> you're still in third place in your division. Yeah, especially with the boogeyman in front of you in Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, two boogeymen. You have yeah. two boogeymen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I mean, and they're like I've watched the Browns. Like that's a legitimately good football team. They do everything well. They have a solid defense. The offensive line is very very good. And then their offense I mean, is a is a machine right now. Yeah, and I don't I, I still I don't think Baker's like very good, but he's good no. enough. He's like in that Joe Flacco tier where he can kind of string together good enough games and not do anything too dumb. Like that's kind of a ceiling. Just don't do anything too dumb. Alex Smith, kinda of in that tier. Just kind yep. of carried along. 
if they can build the defense up a little more because the defense has had some problems like the secondary, Cleveland could win a Super Bowl with, with that roster. Like Baker could put together like a three, four game stretch like Flacco did. He absolutely could. It's going to take some more time in the oven, but I did read something that like, uh, Oh, what game was it? I don't, I, I don't think it was a Cowboys game. It was a game before that. Like Stefanski called like a nearly perfect game for Baker and, and his offense. Like, they says one of the most efficiently called games in the last 10 years of stat tracking, which is absurd. And considering how Stefanski didn't know how to use uh, Cousins or Cook that well, which is just weird how it changes scenery. Whoop. <laughs> My watch just went up. Uh, how a change of scenery can just completely renovate a guy like that. Well, I remember last year I was listening to a bunch of NFL podcasts oh. And, like, the more analytic NFL guys, like, Freddie Kitchens would drive them crazy. Because the whole thing that, like, drove Baker's success that first year was, like, having, like, blocking tight ends on the field on play-action passes. So he had that extra time to, like, break down the defense and make the reads. And, like, last year, they didn't have that. So, like, Baker was just getting crushed. I think he was, like, the most sacked quarterback in the league last year towards the top of that Sounds towards right. the top of that pile. And it just seems like – it seems like it's starting to come together for Cleveland, which is so infuriating because, like, Detroit is still in this total state of disarray. And it's probably not going to get better next year because we're probably going to end up picking, like, 11th because we just have bad team after bad team. So let me propose, let me propose something to you guys and then we'll move on. We'll, we'll finish up. I have a pitch room for you guys and then we'll call it a day just to just do a quick short pod. Um, If the lions on Sunday blow a fourth quarter lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars, does Patricia get fired? No. Oh, I'm going to revise it. If they get their shit pushed in by four, by three or four touchdowns, I think you got to, I think you got to do it. But if they blow another fourth quarter lead, it would be their, it would be their, it would be their third in, it would be their third in five games. Be like the 20th under Patricia. It would be the 14th under Patricia. I looked it up. Okay. (laughs) Uh, is that – so you're saying it needs to be a blowout. Like, if they blow a fourth-quarter yeah. lead, Patricia is fine. Brett, you're, you're saying he's, he's staying on no matter what. Yeah, I think the time to make a move was over the bye week. I just don't see – I mean, the Lions, in our lifetime, they fired one coach midseason, and that was Steve Mariucci. Um, I just don't – I don't know. Sheila, she said she's different, but if she was different, she would have done this over the bye week, given the interim coach a chance to – kind of get their foot in the door and make their imprint. It's kind of tough to do that mid without that extra buy. I don't know. I just don't see it. I have no faith in Sheila to, but I want Patricia to stay full disclosure for the rest of the year. If we have to suffer, he has to suffer and he's our best chance at the top five pick. I kind of only chance. I agree with you, Brad. I think, I think letting Patricia go back to New England and collect sixty and collect his buyout and whatever Belichick is going to pay him to 
sit in the booth and eat hot wings and like be pretty cool <laughs> talk about yeah and talk about defensive coverages <laughs> is like too good for him right like, he doesn't deserve it yeah he should have to like he should have to like walk into the facility in Allen Park and be treated the same way that Kanye Kanye treats the paparazzi oh yes put <laughs> us out there <laughs> he, good morning guys shut the fuck up <laughs> he's like Patricia's like trying to get fired in his head and like watch South Park when Cartman took a crap on uh, Mr. <laughs> Garrison's desk oh can you imagine the turd that Matt Patricia would leave oh the, just the she's like a pancake <laughs> <laughs> one yeah it's like what you gonna do dog <laughs> Crept under your desk, dog. No, I mean, okay. I, I, I don't know. If it were me and, and they lo- say they lost uh, 35 to 7 to Jacksonville, if I were on the team, I'm built different. So I would just say, yeah. <laughs> Sheila Ford says it. I'm just built different. I'm going to fire him now. I'm a I'd Ford, simply let him different. go. Well, it's not like it's not like the president hasn't been set across the NFL. I mean, Dan Quinn. I mean, Arthur Blake walked down to the field to fire Dan Quinn personally. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're both gone. Yeah. So and Matt Ryan's as good as gone. He he said today, um, I I'm not guaranteeing anything. So he's probably just he's gonna do what ha- what was kind of forced to happen in 07 with Michael Vick. You know that was inadvertently a tank. But I think I think he's ready to go 0 and 16 and get Trevor. I really think he is. Fucking, fucking. That's whatever. the best job in football. Oh yeah, yeah. Co- interim, Calvin Ridley, interim, interim head coach on a tanking team. Are you talking Morris. about quarterback? Yeah, I mean, like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, whoever they end up picking. I mean, they're they're walking into probably the best situation of any team that would be picking first. I mean. Talent all over the goddamn place on the offensive side of the ball. Well, and Trevor Lawrence is from a suburb of Atlanta. So getting him would be a huge, huge get, obviously just because of how talented he is. But hometown kid yeah, it would coming be back Le- to be the savior, like that's that's money. That's just so many dollar signs right there. Yeah, it'd be a LeBron, you know, it'd be a yeah. LeBron situation. That's that's how it would work out. I mean, it would just, it would be the prince who was promised, you know. I could imagine if Patricia were to get fired, he would ask Bill to put like um, a hot dog cart outside of his uh, suite at New England. <laughs> yeah. Hey Robert, uh, can, can I get a can I get a cheese dispenser in my booth at Gillette? Oh God, uh, I hope I I hope he doesn't get fired. But I mean, okay. If he, all right, You're, Sorry, go ahead. you probably already know what's going on, but breaking news to us, oh, uh, Mel Tucker just dropped the 21 Built Strong GIF. Um, don't know who it's for. Uh, I, I, have a, I have a guess, um, but that's, it's, a, it's a well-educated guess, and I don't want to have anyone burned. So, uh, you know, you're listening to this. You probably already know who it is. Um, if you're listening to this podcast right now, um, we know who's committing. We know someone is committing today. Uh, so it could be them. 
I uh, forgot who, so I'm just gonna. It ask could just you. be. It could just be a. Um, it could be a. Uh, you know, but it could be happening today. But you know, there's a big target who is kind of shifting tomorrow, and uh, you know, we'll see. Um, Let, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Um, Stay tuned to our. Well, they'll. I mean, the news will come before we can tweet anything about it, and they'll see it. So I was gonna say, stay tuned to our Twitter. But by the time they hear this, it'll just be a Spartan fan moment. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of uh, old men being on TV, I don't know how he's gonna feel about Pat McAfee. <laughs> I don't like the jorts. Yeah, what are the, what's this young whippersnapper doing on TV? What's with the jorts? He just ruined a good, he ruined a perfectly good pair of jeans. <laughs> yeah, he's going to turn to the OAN Sports Channel and watch uh, Lou Holtz <laughs> spit all over the place. <laughs> These kids don't respect the sanctity of the sport of football. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Quote by Tony Dombrowski, Michael Scott quotes, Lou Holtz. <laughs> oh, my God. Tony Dombrowski to replace Lee Corso. I'd watch that in a heartbeat. No, Chris C. Oh. He's oh, like, a guy, I don't know if I'm going to be on next week. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, guys, if I can make it to the game. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to take a break, but I'm still going to tweet. <clears throat> Sorry. Don't worry. <laughs> it's me. Yeah, we're just rambling now. We're. We're, we're buying time to see if we, we can see who's Yeah, see if we can see is. who's committing. What's, right. your, what's your pitch room? All right, Spawn Dog 97 I'm not going to have time to edit this, so here's a dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Dun-dun. All right. Uh, this is a history lesson for you, boys. Uh, have you guys heard of a, of a man by the name of John Brown? The wide receiver? No. Not the wide receiver. No, not ringing a bell. Okay, so um, John John Brown was a radical abolitionist. Uh, mm. He hmm. in the in the nineteenth century in the antebellum uh, Midwest, uh, he essentially was who modern conservatives think Bernie Sanders is. Uh, just an any, an any means necessary motherfucker. Uh, he ran a presidential campaign from prison. Uh, just crazy. And uh, he's the focus of this new miniseries on Showtime called The Good Lord Bird. Um, it stars Ethan Hawke as John Brown. Um, he Ethan Hawke is heavy involvement in this. He developed the series. He co-wrote most of the episodes. Um, it's adapted from a 2013 novel. And it's kind of about, it's, it's going to lead up to his, his hanging for his, his involvement in the Bleeding Kansas Massacre, mm. which if you guys don't know, um, Bleeding Kansas was to the Civil War what the Boston Tea Party was to the uh, Revolutionary War. You know, it was like this before, like mini powder keg that kind of exploded before the big powder keg. 
um, it all takes place in um, the Kansas ter territory um, in the time of popular sovereignty where states and territories could decide whether or not they wanted to legalize slavery. So um, it, back then it was just kind of like this kind of whatever goes policy of, you know, if you have slaves, we're not going to stop you. Um, but if you don't, then it's fine. Yeah. And it follows John Brown and his like 18, 18 sons. That's not an exaggeration. Um, there, he had like 23 sons. Good Lord. Um, guy, busy. guy fucked. Like a lot of cheats. John Brown <laughs> fucked. Thomas Jefferson. And it follows him and this, um, and this um, young, young slave, Henry, who he freed from this plantation, this kind of notorious plantation with a ruthless owner. And, you know, it gets, it gets really into complexities of what, of what John Brown was doing and how he was viewed. And like, it's really not like this, like biopic kind of like he was the best person, you know, it's very, um, it's very balanced, very nuanced. And Ethan Hawke is just, is killing it as John Brown. He is lighting up the scoreboard as this guy. It's incredible. The opening scene of the miniseries, he's doing like this, like stereotypical Irish accent. It's, it's unreal. It's an unreal, it's unreal. I, I can't even begin to, to describe it, to do it enough justice. You guys need to check it out. It's awesome. And what, did you say which streaming platform it's on? Showtime. Showtime? Showtime, they do such a great job. I mean, all those networks do, but... Oh, shit, David Diggs. Yeah, he, he, show, I, I, he shows up later. He's, yeah. I've only watched... I've only watched Douglas. The, yeah, I've only watched the first episode. Um, okay. There are two episodes out right now, um, but I got to check out episode two. This uh, looks pretty good. Yeah, it's... It's fucking it fucking rules. Ethan Hawk is Ethan Hawk fucking rules. Um big fan. Uh all right, fellas. You got you guys got anything else before we wrap it up here? No, I think I think we know who the the recruit is, but um I don't know if you want me to give my very educated guess or just let everybody kind of find out by the time they by the time they hear it, it's probably they'll, they'll know. Yeah, yeah, so just go ahead. Yeah, go it's, ahead. Uh AJ Kirk from Ohio. He's a safety. His offer list is pretty damn impressive. I mean, I think I saw uh, Ohio State, Kentucky, Michigan, uh, Notre Dame, Nebraska. Um, so very, very impressive offer list. I think he's a four-star on ESPN. So that's pretty exciting to get if that is him. So a nice little surprise for uh, – seems to be kind of a slower recruiting pace. Sweet. Yeah, very excited. Um, it's always good to have new to bring in fresh blood into the program. Um, shorter pod this week. Um, not a lot to talk about. We'll be back next week with a next week's gonna be good. Next week's gonna be a mega pod. It's gonna be like that time we had Stav on and talked about TV for two and a half hours. Um, we're gonna do um, Big Ten football superlatives. Oh yeah. Um, for you know for we're going to come up with a list and we're going to have some podcasting friends of ours, um, give their thoughts. And then, uh, we're going to have Sean co-host of bacon wires, best bets on, 
to uh, to talk about our top ten favorite South Park episodes. That I'm so excited for that. The most fucking list I've ever had. This, it's so fucking hard. Like I thought, <laughs> like the top ten albums list was hard. This oh. this is brutal. I was watching South Park for like a week and like had my list, and then I watch it on my phone, and I just go edit my list after like after like five episodes. I can't because like the whole thing is like. Like, I want to, like, pick the episodes I want, but I also want to try to be unique, you know, because I just don't want to, like, pick the same episodes I think you guys are going to pick. So it's like I want to, like, I kind of want to have that variety. Like, I like I just don't want, like, I don't want, like, little Crime Stoppers to, like, be on all of our lists, right? But, like, it's such a good fucking, ep- it's such a good fucking episode that it's like, how can I leave it off? This is This is the ranking where, like, no one is wrong. Like, it... It, it, there's South Park. I mean, you can argue the later seasons. I mean, they've gone more storyline, plot, narrative. But like, I don't think they miss much. So it's it's you know, and I've watched straight. I've watched from the beginning. So like, ranking that was so fun to go back and watch all the old episodes and see the new ones. Like, there's no wrong. There's no wrong answer in my opinion. No. No. All right. That's going to be, yeah. I'm going to definitely try to tweak my list again this weekend. Any excuse to watch South Park? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fellas. We're out of here. Go green. Go white. Go white. Go sponge. Go everybody. All right. Up, I got my phone Calling me up when you're getting drunk You say you're in love, but what do you mean? Cause when you wake up, you blame it on drugs And then we break up, you lie through your teeth You just wanna play little games for attention You just wanna play little games for attention Telling me your perfect lies And wasting all my time Cause you're so fucking fake uh, You don't mean a